Thanks everybody for uh, dialing in to our podcast today. Um, we're going to be talking about some planned changes to the planning regime in the UK. But first of all, just to introduce ourselves, I'm Xavier Hunter. I'm a real estate partner at Linklaters based in Hong Kong. And I'm joined by my colleague, Rory Bennett, who is a member of our planning team uh, in the UK and is the expert on this topic. And will be walking us through exactly what these prospective changes are and what impact they may have on planning in the UK. So the government in the UK published a white paper in August uh, last month uh, entitled Planning the Future. And it looks like we're going to have some pretty significant change to the planning regime in the UK. So Rory, can we start off by uh, perhaps if you could explain what a white paper is in case uh, any listeners are not familiar with, with the term in the UK and, and what it means. And also tell us why the government has chosen to initiate this reform to the planning system. Thanks, Xavier. So uh, a white paper is a document produced by the government which sets out its high-level proposals on a particular policy. Uh, generally speaking, the purpose of a white paper is to provide a basis for consultation and discussion with interested parties and affected groups. And this then allows the government to hone its proposals um, with a view to publishing detailed legislation at a later date. Uh, to answer your question as to why the government has chosen to look at planning reform now and look at the existing planning system, uh, I suppose reform has been uh, really a long time in the coming. Uh, the government has been previously tackling, tackling issues surrounding Brexit, but it's now found the time to address the planning system, which it feels hasn't really been looked at in any detail by successive governments for a really considerable period of time. Um, it's also important to, to say, I think, that the planning system uh, plays a part in, or plays quite a significant role, actually, in the government's broader proposals for rebalancing and enhancing the, the UK economy post-Brexit. I see. So, so if I understand a white paper, then, is a consultation document setting out proposed policy. So just to be clear, there's been no change to the law yet, but there are proposals enshrined in the white paper, and we're during, the, during a consultation period in which uh, stakeholders, if you like, in the planning system will feedback their views on the policies outlined uh, in the white paper. I, I think that's right, yeah? That's correct. And, and, and when you read the document, there are a series of questions in there on the proposals that the government have outlined, and they really will be looking for, um, as I said, interested parties and those who work within the planning system to, to give quite full responses if they can as to what they think, um, whether they think the proposals will be a success or not. So, so it's a, it's a two-way street in that respect. Got it. Okay, well, let's look at what the white paper is proposing then. Uh, one of the highlights, if you like, is, or the headlines uh, set out in the white paper is a proposal to simplify and uh, you know, to simplify the planning process and how it is intended to make it easier and quicker in practice to get permitting through the process. So can you just articulate for us some of the mechanisms that the paper is discussing for achieving that? 
Sure. So if you look at the, the, the white paper as a whole, that's correct to say that actually these reforms are really about delivery and speed. I think the government um, really feels that the, the planning system is, is to a degree stifling development or the delivery of development in the UK. Um, so it's really looking to unlock um, unlock these blockers, if you like, with, with a number of uh, mechanisms. Uh, one of the um, key proposals in the white paper is the categorization of land. Um, land, what they would wish to do is designate land into three allocations or categories, growth, renewal, or protected. Um, and the idea is by allocating these lands into these different categories of development, uh, this will unlock development at a greater pace. And, uh, and the way that they wish to do this is by attaching um, planning permission to these allocations, such that if a developer comes along and identifies that it wishes to develop a certain piece of land that's been allocated, for example, as growth development, they can have some certainty that the local planning authority itself has already identified that um, and granted it a, a, a what's called an outline planning permission um, and they know, therefore, that actually, in principle, development on that site um, can go forward. Thanks for that, Rory. I mean, I think it's very interesting, this categorization of land into the three types, growth, renewal and protected. And it'd be very interesting to see how that uh, concept appears uh, and is debated uh, between the stakeholders during the consultation period, because obviously, getting land categorized as growth or renewal is going to have, you know, the, the categorization is going to have an impact on land value, a considerable impact. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, pans out over the coming months. Well, we, we talked at the beginning about housing being one of the political motivators for planning reform, the need to deliver more housing to the UK market and therefore to simplify the planning process as, as part of the way to achieve that. But the white paper contemplates broad reform, so it's not just going to be uh, residential that's affected by the potential for change, but also the commercial market. Um, I think I've got that right, uh, Rory. But but I think there's also some proposals related to infrastructure, and perhaps you could share with us, um, you know, what the paper envisages in the context of, of infrastructure. That's right, Xavier. These reforms are broad. They aren't just um, simply focused on housing, although, as, as, as we said, that is a particular issue here in the UK. But the reform also looks at um, commercial real estate and, and infrastructure also. Uh, and infrastructure actually plays a very key part in the planning system. And whilst there is a separate regime for the delivery of, of what is called uh, nationally significant infrastructure projects, and these include um, airports and nuclear power stations, a lot of infrastructure, certainly in the energy sector, energy from waste facilities, uh, uh, is delivered through what is called the Town and Country Planning Act regime, which is very much the focus of, of the white paper. In terms of the proposals that the white paper contains which relate to infrastructure, uh, the government is proposing a new infrastructure levy, um, which will be set nationally. Um, and will be at a single or a sort of area specific rate, and it will be based on the final value of development and payable, payable before occupation. And this is really to try and bring some certainty to developers when you develop a site um, that, that you will pay a, 
uh, sort of a set rate, and that should unlock uh, unlock infrastructure uh, surrounding your development. I think the interesting point to note about this is really that when looking at this proposal, um, infrastructure will be squarely set on the shoulders of local planning authorities uh, to deliver, um, rather than developer itself delivering that infrastructure. And I think there's a question here as to whether the local planning authorities have the appetite to take on that risk, and even with the money that will be coming in from the infrastructure levy, whether they will have the funds in the current uh, climate to, to build that infrastructure. So I think it, it's interesting um, to see whether it will be interesting to see whether there will be an opportunity here for um, private sector companies um, coming in and local planning authorities really outsourcing delivery of key pieces of infrastructure to uh, specialist providers. Uh, that might be a market that, that opens up um, more broadly um, if these proposals are taken forward. I think that's really interesting, Rory, because <clears throat> even though the developers will have to pay the infrastructure levy, assuming the, the law uh, takes shape as the white paper envisages, uh, even though the developers, the private sector, will have to pay the levy, the, the execution risk, if you like, the actual cost delivery risk of the infrastructure is shifted to the public sector, uh, which will be a, an interesting change. So it'll be interesting to see how that, um, again, how that evolves during the, the um, consultation period. To give us an indication of the prospective change that the white paper envisages, um, the consultation period is through the end of October. So 29 October is when consultation closes. Uh, and we'll see what happens after that. We'll get some, uh, uh, probably an indication of where the change is going sometime towards the end of this year. But what we plan to do uh, is to keep you informed. Uh, I think this is of potentially very significant interest to those uh, in development uh, or contemplating development in the UK. Uh, and um, as I say, we'll uh, be looking to issue some more podcasts once there's more news. So please do uh, stay tuned and watch for uh, further podcasts on this subject. So thanks again for joining us and uh, do reach out either to me, Rory, or your usual Linklater's contact if you've got any questions and we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks again. Bye now.